Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. And welcome back to a new episode of IT for Whiskey. I am Craig, and I'm with my best buds, Joe and Myron. Woohoo! This is a special edition. Because we're drinking... Why is it a special edition, Myron? <laughs> oh, we always drink. But why is this episode a special edition? Because we've drank a lot already. <laughs> what makes it even more special is we're not going to really talk about IT today. Today, we're going to talk about whiskey. We are? Yeah, I think we should just keep it to the, what the, the listeners want to hear about. Let's talk about whiskey, different type of whiskeys. Maybe they want to hear about technology. Well, let's let our listeners decide. Today, they're telling us... They want to hear about whiskey. Whiskey. That covers a wide range of options. Why is it a wide range of options? Well, you've got your uh, your bourbons, your scotches, your Irish whiskey, your American whiskey, your Japanese whiskey. Indian whiskey. Oh my goodness, there's so many more of them to go through. There's really only six. Oh, okay. There's scotch, there's Irish, there's bourbon, Tennessee, rye, which you omitted, and Japanese. Although there's a seventh category that I've seen kind of emerging right now. The uh, Chinese are really getting in on the game and they're starting to make some good product, but I don't think it's there yet, but give them a few years and they'll be as uh, pervasive as the Japanese are. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't tried any, but I've, I've read about that and, and heard of it. Well, I tried wine. It was pretty grainy and a lot of alcohol, but I'll say that from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing, they're really aggressively going after the market and they see significant growth and they believe they can produce it cheaper than anyone else. So hopefully that helps drive the price down for us connoisseurs. I'll say I like scotch. That's my number one. My number two is definitely Irish. And my number three is Japanese. 
Then I'll go to bourbon. What? Some Japanese whiskeys right now. They're really pumping out some fantastic, fantastic product. I have a few Japanese whiskeys. Hacking whiskey. You know, you know what the big thing that makes Japanese whiskey different than like Scottish or Irish or Kentucky or bourbon is quite often they double malt their whiskey. It's drier. Sometimes it's smokier. Not always. But they, they double malt. That's huge. So you get a, a bigger body, more intense flavor. That's what the Japanese are after is the flavor, like the body. They want big body, big flavor. You know, whereas the Scottish and the Irish, they're they're looking for, you know, more of a smooth, uh, easy finish type drink. I still think scotch is my favorite. What do you think there, Craigie? Right, go ahead. Craigie. That is not my nickname. You know what my nickname is. Oh, that's why I said Craigie. I don't want to tell the world your nickname is. Come on, that's that's a secret between the trio. <laughs> How many whiskeys is Joe in before he starts calling me Craigie? So Craigie thinks I like any whiskey that tastes good. I am not picky about it, although I do not like a very young whiskey. I like something that's typically aged. I typically like something that's not been double oaked. And I don't like it when my Alexa lights up and decides to tell me things just now. (laughs) (laughs) But the the one thing I I would stress to anybody that is either new to whiskey or looking to expand their whiskey collection is to when you go to the store and you see the huge selection that you can choose from, don't think that that's all you have as an option. There are tons of other options to choose from that you may not see in your local store. Just for example, Myron has access to whiskeys here in Indiana that I've not seen in ages on his shelf at prices that I have never seen before here in my area. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Like it's ridiculously how much cheaper he can get whiskeys at and he can walk up and actually take it off the shelf and buy it. I, I don't see it on the shelf. It usually goes up for raffle or it's a come first serve. You never, it's just gone. It's just not there. Come to Dallas. You can find all the whiskey you need. <laughs> I would say that initially I was a big scotch guy or as as much as I, I knew about scotch. Through this podcast, I have grown to love bourbon more than scotch these days. You know, now I have probably three times more bourbon at home than scotch. And I find myself going for a glass of bourbon uh, a lot more than I do scotch. Irish whiskey has never been something that I liked. I still have to try the green spot or the yellow spot. That's my number two drink. Yeah, I know. I know. Joe, have you tried that, the tealing yet that I told you about? No, I have not. I can't get that here. It sounds like you like more malt whiskeys than green whiskey, which is... Similar to me, I'm I'm not a big grain whiskey guy. Malt whiskey versus grain whiskey. Malt whiskey is very common to the English territories, you know, Scotland and Ireland, and grain whiskey is used uh, in the U.S. or North America for the most part. But there's a big difference between malt whiskeys and grain whiskeys from a taste. And the first thing you'll notice is when you drink it, it grain whiskeys burn. They have that intense alcohol, and they typically contain less flavors, whereas malt whiskeys, the more you mature it, the, the less burn they have, so they're smoother. It, again, it's it's preference. You know, it's, it's not to say that one is better than the other, but you look at most scotches, and the, the malt whiskeys are, you know, things like Highland Park, Balvenie, Laphroaig, uh, Glenmorangie, and Talsker, and, and whatnot. And, and they're very common that people really 
talk highly of them, whereas, you know, grain whiskeys, they're okay. Again, there's nothing wrong with them, but you get things like Canvas and Gold Bar and, you know, Rohner and North British and, and whatnot. Jack Daniels is another one, and that's very common, and they're, they're okay. Again, nothing wrong with them, but it's a preference thing for sure. When it comes to the whiskeys, try some stuff at the end of the day until you don't try them and you don't know what it is that that really is appealing to you because there there are things like Joe said to me oh you got to try Dawini 15 you got to try Dawini 15 I go buy a bottle the bottle is still full in my house it's been like six months I just don't like it and that's that's a preference right Exactly, exactly. And that's that's what I mean. I mean, the, it, just because we say this is good and that's good, it doesn't mean that you're going to like it or you're not going to like it. Just buy what Craig says. There, there are things that Craig says that, that I don't like either. And that's great because that is that is all diversity of, of, of all the different types of whiskey. You know, there's a huge diversity of taste. You know, we didn't touch on rye whiskeys and corn whiskeys, and there's a lot to be said about them and what people do and don't like. Basil Hayden, for example, they make Basil Hayden rye, which, you know, personally, it's okay. I'm not a big fan of it, but one of my employees, raves about it. He loves the Basil Hayden rye. All whiskeys of one type don't taste the same. Even though they come from the same region, same origin ingredients, or even the same production process, contrary to like other alcohols like vodka, there's huge differences in the taste from one distillery to the other. It's the maturation of in casks, you know, that has a significant impact. What are they doing during it? There's so many possibilities to, to create a unique taste based on what that particular distillery is doing. Just like cell phones, some people swear by the Sony Ericsson, some people swear by Apple, some people swear by Samsung, some people swear by LG. Everyone has their preference. Sony Ericsson? Sony Ericsson? Sony Ericsson. There's some people that love them. While we're at it, let's just throw Blackberry in there while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, 10 years ago, people would have sworn by Blackberry. I was one of them. It's, It's important that if you really want to understand the different tastes, you got to do what we do. The three of us, guess what we do? Constantly, we're trying different drinks. We're trying different whiskeys. I never liked bourbon until I met Craig and he started opening my eyes to the different types of bourbon out there. And now bourbon's a staple on my shelf. And that was not something that you would have seen five years ago. But it's number four. It's number four. I don't even think it made number four. Did it make number four in his list? It was number five. It was pretty low. What's that? Bourbon. Name your list again, Joe. What, how, is, how do the whiskeys go? Your favorites. Kevin, why don't you list the, 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 his five again? And we'll see how low how low it is. <laughs> Just add it. It's time to revive. I like scotch. That's my number one. My number two is definitely Irish. And my number three is Japanese. Then I'll go to bourbon. <laughs> but it's not point. Back five years ago, it wouldn't have hit top 25. Right. That's true. I would never try bourbons. Just like Craig's wearing his hat backwards right now, like wrapper bottom 25 down up to number five. That's, that's, that's pretty significant. Like today, for example, I'm trying something completely new I never heard of before. I'm drinking something called Royal Brockla. It's from the distillery called the Cotter Estate. It's 16 year old. Highland. Is that Highland from Highland? It is a Highland Scotch, and their brand is the King's Own Whiskey. So this is the King William the Fourth in in 1833. This was his drink. It's actually not bad. I never tried it before. I'm not a peat guy, and this has a little bit of peat in it, but it's got the sweetness to overcome it. And quite honestly, it's actually a nice drink. It's pretty darn good. This is the first peat whiskey that I'm enjoying ever. Is it really peaty? Because, I mean, uh, Highlands are not known for being peaty. They're known for being smoky. Are you confusing the smokiness to the... Agreed, but it does have... This one has a peat. Okay. All right. 
So it's it's different. It's got a very smooth peat to it, which really shocks me and it really it really is surprising to me, but I, I'm enjoying it. What are you drinking there, Craig? I am drinking my most favorite scotch ever. Oh. Linkwood. It is 11 year. It is by far my favorite scotch I've drank when I was in Scotland. I bought several bottles when I was over there. I've got uh, 10 year up to 22 year. If you ever find a bottle of Link Wood, it is not peaty. It is smooth. It is very, very good. This one's 88 proof. Erica, make a note of that, please. <laughs> Link Wood. I love it. When I was in Scotland and we were visiting the various tastings, I knew about scotch, but I wasn't a big scotch drinker. But we went through several and I had the Link Wood and I was like, that's it. And that's and I bought every Link Wood I could find. It was a hard find when I was over there. You did send a picture. I remember seeing a picture of it when you went last year. It's very good. Highly recommended. I'm actually drinking the Old Forester 1910. This is a bourbon that Craig mentioned to me, I would say about five or six months ago. It's a 93 proof. You get a little bit of a caramelish coffee kind of taste in it, but it's really good. You got to let it ice a little bit. I'm, I'm the kind that likes the ice in it. I just love it. But let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever been to the bar or have you done it at home where you're smoking your whiskey? What? No. Where they put the uh, the encasing glass over it. They pump smoke into it. Yeah. And then they infuse it with smoke. Yeah. I've had, I've had, had it a couple of times. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. They do it at the bar. I mean, it definitely changes it. I would never do that to a high end whiskey. Right. I wouldn't want to change a rune, like an expensive, like a 16 or a 30 or $40 glass of whiskey. No, but if you do like an old fashioned or something like that and infuse it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I would, I would try that. Definitely would. It's pretty cool. I would be into that. No, no, never tried it. One of the things I will say is if I am drinking something that I'm not crazy about, so I'm not a big Laphroaig fan. Many of people I know that swear by Laphroaig and that, and that's fine. There's it's a great product for some, not for me. And that's the beauty in, in different whiskeys is the market appeal and everyone has a different palate and what they like and what they can tolerate. Like I said, I've got, I got some really close friends that swear, swear and swear by very peaty drinks like Laphroaig. And for me, I can't, I'm not sure if it's an allergy I have or my sinuses flare up or what, but no thank you, I'll pass. But when I'm faced with that, that that's my only option, I will bring maple water with me and because I go to a lot of quakes and, and scotch tasting tables and whatnot and they'll they'll give you whatever. You don't know pretty much till the day before or the day of what you're going to drink. So I always bring maple water with me. I could take the peatiest of peaty, like lick the side of a tree and taste the moss type of peatiness. I put maple water in it and it becomes palatable. So again, diversity of taste, right? Everyone has their own palate. Everyone has their own taste, things that they like, things they don't like. For me, peat, smoke, I'm not a fan of, but put maple water in it and I can tolerate it. That's how I handle that. Just so that we clarify, the Highlands area has mostly smoky, light, and sweet flavors in their scotch. The lowlands area, which is a uh, less known, is more mild and soft. You guys know the other two areas? Oh, there's the Islays. Yeah, the Islays is more tangy and peaty. Oh, it can be, yep. And then the uh, Speyside, Speyside, is that how you pronounce it? Speyside. Space side is more smooth and balanced. So, you know, if you guys are out shopping or, or ladies out shopping, that's kind of the breakdown there's, there's actually five, and we have not reviewed the fifth. What's the fifth? The fifth is called Campbellton. So Campbellton... It's a very small area, like Arleigh. 
It's a very small area. It is. However, uh, it used to be the capital of Scotland. Uh, they do still have two, three dozen distilleries in operation. It's on a decline. Campbellton is, is suffering right now, but they have um, a lot of brands like Springbank and, and Glengyle right now. Glen Scotia is another big one. And there's one of the ones from Campbellton. We've never talked about this one before. I got to bring this on to one of the future uh, podcasts, but Hazelburn is a fairly popular Campbellton scotch. They make some great products. Another really popular one that from from Campbellton is uh, Glengyle. They have been getting a lot of press right now and praise over their product. Don't discount Campbellton over you know the Lowland, Islay, Highland, and uh, Speysides. You know the other four are much more popular, but Campbellton's got some good products too. Well, since we're speaking about Scotch, I was at a Scotch tasting recently, and I got as much notes as I could so I can help the, the, the listeners and myself. A few things must be in a scotch or a way to make a scotch for it to be scotch. It's got to be distilled in Scotland. And I think we've mentioned that plenty of times in the past. Most people know that. Um, it's got to be distilled twice. It's got to mature in an oak barrel for at least three years. It can be in other barrels, other things, but it has to have oak barrel for three years. It's got to be bottled at a minimum of 80 proof which is much more than I expected, and mostly made out of only grain, yeast, and water, which also is very interesting to me. There's a lot of Irish whiskeys as well that I think are underappreciated. Irish whiskey versus scotch, there's one major, major difference. Scotch is typically made from malted barley in a copper pot still, and it's, like you said, matured for a minimum of three years, whereas Irish whiskey is typically made from unmalted barley. The malted versus unmalted, that's where you get the difference. They're, they're fairly similar at a, a, like the most rudimentary levels, but once you get into the, the dynamic of how they distill and how they malt, it, it gets really interesting. You know, Scotch is usually distilled twice and, and from completely from malted barley, whereas Irish whiskeys, on the other hand, are mostly triple distilled. That makes it renowned for its smoothness, because the more you distill it, the smoother it gets. Again, Irish whiskey usually comes from a combination of grains, whereas scotch comes from typically one or two grains. So you, you've got a significant difference in the, the most basic, basic functionality of, of how they distill the product. But again, I think my opinion is out of all the, 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 the differences in the process, the extra distillation probably has the biggest effect on the final product. It really makes a difference for Irish whiskeys. And that's why I've always liked some Irish whiskeys, but then I tried Yellow Spot and... <laughs> <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Game over for me. Like, yes, we know you like. I, I, I rave about it. I know. Every episode. I rave about it, but I, I can't stress enough. Like, I, I think I have eight bottles of it now. It's like my number one. That's like me and Elijah Craig. Goodness. You know, I like Elijah Craig. I do enjoy Elijah Craig, but I have two of that. What's funny is both those bottles that you just mentioned are the ones I told you guys about. Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. You've been pretty quiet, Craig. What's your take on all this? Educate us on bourbon, my friend. I have drank my share of bourbon. Here in Bloomington, we have a few bars in town. Uh, one of them has about 300 bottles. The other one probably has about two, 250 bottles of whiskey that you can pick from. So one of the things I do when I go out is I try to always try something I've never had before. And it's becoming more difficult to find the bottles that I've never drank. I've had some that are horrible. I've had some that are good, but I'm always looking for something that has a very round taste. I know everybody talks about shoe leather and coffee and caramel and 
vanilla and all those things. And, and while I can probably discern and, and taste those things, when I'm looking for something that is very good on the tongue from the, the start to the finish, it's complete. And finding that is is the niche. When something has a strange taste or it's just off, that is not my bourbon. I'm looking for something that's completely rounded, that has a great flavor to it. And then you get into all the different variations of a bourbon of a brand. So for instance, 1792, I know you guys like that. Oh, oh, oh we like it. They've got tons of different brands and bottles. Great drink. My favorite bourbon besides Booker's would be Willet. And Willet is a great bourbon. Every bottle is unique. I mean, well, obviously, if you buy multiples of a bottle, it's very difficult to find. And if you do, it's typically pretty expensive. If you ever find Willet, I'm not talking about Willet Rye. I'm talking about Kentucky Straight Bourbon. is an excellent bottle if you can purchase it. Seven years on up, up to 15 years I've seen. I've seen bottles up to 23 years of Willet. Again, my goal is when friends come over, you can drink from any bottle one time. You can't drink from the same bottle twice. <laughs> and if you're a good friend, I always stir you in the right direction. And if you're if you're not, then you probably don't get one of the good ones. So, Craig, you're you're clearly the bourbon connoisseur out of the three of us. What makes a whiskey a bourbon? Uh, fifty-one percent corn. Very good. It has to be at least fifty-one percent corn, rye, wheat, malted barley, or malted rye grain. Oh, and it has to be at least aged two years. Yeah, the two years true too. Yeah, but I think those other things, if it doesn't have that, then it wouldn't be a whiskey. Uh, corn is unique to, to uh, bourbons. Corn's not in scotch or or Irish whiskey. Craig, the Willet Pot Still Reserve is available at, on my stuff. Don't don't get it? No, no. I mean, it's 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 good. It's okay. But I, I don't like the finish on it. About the family estate rye. Yes. Yeah? Yes. On ice. Really? Hmm. Okay. Because the rye is typically are pretty strong on the Willet side. All right. But this Kentucky straight bourbon that's not the pot still is exceptional. I've not come across one that I've not liked. They're all unique and different, but they're all excellent bourbons. I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask about this. What's Canadian whiskey to you guys? Never had one. <laughs> Get out of here. Have you never drank Crown Royal? Uh, no, I try it and I spit it out. I had it in college. <laughs> yeah, okay, anyways. In college. <laughs> oh, hold on, guys. I think I have one. There's a few okay brands from, from Canada. Um, you've got your Alberta Springs and Canadian Mist, which I wouldn't use to light a fire. But Crown Royal pumps out some okay products. The XR is a good product. Uh, Special Reserve is a good product. I'm not going to knock it. A, a Crown Crown is good, but when you're using it to mix to something, not to drink it straight. I, I was about to say it's a great mixed whiskey, but I don't drink pop, so I don't mix my drinks. So I, That's why I don't drink it either. <laughs> but the, the big thing is I find a lot of Canadian whiskeys actually are heavy on the rye. Rye has been known to come out of Canada as a whiskey product. It's it's okay. Um, you know, some people swear by things like Canadian Club or Crown Royal, and I can't swear by it. Being from Canada, it's kind of ironic, but yeah, no, I mean that's 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 how it goes. I mean, sometimes we we don't we don't like our local stuff. I mean, that's that's okay. So if we segue quickly to beers, there's a lot of microbreweries in Canada that I absolutely love call it what it is there's very few countries in the world that can make a good beer and canada is definitely one of them you got belgian you got german fantastic beers american beer to me is like drinking urine but that's my (laughs) (laughs) i don't i haven't tried a good american beer how's that i've i've yet to i'm not saying they don't exist maybe in the micro circuit they exist but in in the you know the main brands uh not my cup of tea anyways i personally don't like any beers i'm not a beer guy 
Well, you're you're from the states, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, come to to Canada. I'll show you. We'll go to some microbreweries. We have a micro here. They actually mature their beer in Scotch casks. Do you know how amazing the beer is? Fantastic. Like everything, there's different tastes. There's diversity in taste. There's many different breweries or distilleries that make different products for different people. We're all unique. So are their products. Go ahead, Craig. You were going to say something? No, I was actually just looking at my glass and I'm now sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Hey, here's, here's a quick trivia hit. Do you know how the Japanese whiskey industry started? They stole it. Pretty much. Suntory was the first distillery to make whiskey in Japan. Didn't he go over to Scotland and work there for a while? Masataka Takasuru studied in Scotland for years and he came to love the taste of Scottish whiskey. And so he went back to Japan and uh, he became their master distiller and he started with Suntory and Nika. They really blew up. That was the foundation of Japanese whiskey. So a lot of people know brands like uh, Yamakasi or Yamazaki, I meant to say sorry. They call them single malt whiskeys. And the reason for that is they pretty much took the model of, of the Scots and then they went back to Japan and did some wicked cool commercials uh, in the past to kind of bolster it. But you know what? The good news is it tastes like scotch. It depends on the brand for the most part, but they do have some really similar tones and really similar taste to the way the Scots do their, their product. I have a bottle at home and it's it's pretty much like a scotch. Uh, well, Yamazaki, for example, I have a bottle at the Sherry Cask at home. It's such a good bottle. I've tried Santuri and I've tried uh, Nika as well. Well in the past, and you swear they're Glenlivets and, and Balvinis. They really did model. I don't want to use the word copy because they, they do have distinct process that's unique to them that changes the taste, but they modeled their process after the Scots. And good for them because I still say Scotch is the best way to go. Yeah, they, they definitely were process, not process. Yeah, it's, 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 it's process. What are you talking about? And we go back to Canada. So on that note, I say, you know, this has been a pretty long episode about the different types of whiskey. My name is Joe, and I'm here with my best buds in the world, Myron and Craig, and who I love immensely. And uh, I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of IT for Whiskey, or should we just say Whiskey Today? <laughs> whiskey Today. One, one thing to note, and, uh, you know, before we get a lot of hate mail, uh, we're not specialists. Agreed. Amen to that. Nope. Yep. Same here. I wouldn't say that I'm a specialist in whiskey. Same here. I just drink it and say what I feel about it. Guys, follow us, like us, uh, comment, and uh, spread the word. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you. Take it, Kev. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. It's wiki wiki. <laughs> My bottle doesn't squeak anymore. I am the destroyer. You could have stopped recording a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs>